Okay, we're recording. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, like, this is how tired I am. I'm just, I'm going nuts right now. Um, yeah, we got that. Good, good. Three, two, one. MLS Aces, episode 103. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. I am joined by Jason V. Vang at Jason V. Vang on Twitter. How you doing, man? I am. I'm great. Yeah. Um, Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> I mean, I am pretty good. It's just been a really long day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jason and I, we're recording right now. We're both pretty fucking tired. I just poured some vodka. So I, I was gonna say, I was going to say right when you said like three, two, one or whatever, you uncorked that. And yep. I was going to be like, did you do that on purpose? So the yep. episode like starts. That's where we the that little, you know, bottle opening you heard was, uh, I mean, I wish I got a better pop, but I'm also running low on vodka. So I've been drinking vodka the past three or four episodes. You know, it's all good. I think you time. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I mean, last week I got a little too, no, no, what was it? We were recording the uh, full press podcast, our other podcast, by the way, if you want to go listen to that, we are officially on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you, you normally find your podcast, the uh, at full press podcast on Twitter. It's uh, Jason, Sam, and myself. We talk everything European soccer, pretty much everything not Major League Soccer. So it's a good time. I got really drunk last episode, and <laughs> I didn't even mean to, but when I'm not hosting it, I just drink, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a lot less pressure when you're not the host. <laughs> <laughs> there is. You just sit back, chill, and you don't have to fucking run shit. Yeah, you don't have to make sure people are doing shit correctly. <laughs> hey, hey. Yep. It, that's why I, I said, does anyone else want to do the uh, the podcast? And that was you. Yeah. I don't recall saying yes to it. <laughs> hey, Sam kind of said, like, hey, Jason, you want to take it? And then you no, said, I was like, eh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right let's jump into major league soccer if you're wondering where sam is by the way he is coming a little late so we will have our typical uncle sam slide in um coming very soon but before Which we jump uh, what'd you say i said we always love that oh we always love, love when uncle <laughs> sam just slides into our dms like that um <laughs> This episode of the MLS Aces podcast, episode 103, like I said before, is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Goal Press. And as always, I will talk to you about them at the end of the episode. Um, so Major League Soccer, um, MLS, and the New England Revolution especially dropped some major fucking news today, the 14th. Um, Bruce Arena's coming back, baby. Uh, he's coming I, home? He, he's back? not coming home. He's, <laughs> he's not coming home. He's going away? <laughs> I uh, I tweeted out and I put it on Instagram too um, at MLS Aces and MLS, MLS underscore Aces for Instagram and Twitter. Um, I put out the picture of Bruce Arena just drinking the champagne bottle after he won an MLS Cup with the LA Galaxy, and that was my favorite picture in MLS history. Like I just fucking love that picture. And now he's back, and he is the new head coach and sporting director of the New England Revolution. After earlier this week, the Revs fired head coach Brad Friedel and general manager Mike Burns. When you saw Bruce Arena, that news dropped today. What, what was going through your head? I mean, first I just want to say we, we had talked about last time because the uh, general manager hadn't been fired yet about how just firing well, the Friedel coach. wasn't fired yet last time too, right? Maybe we talked about it separately. 
I feel like we talked about this and we were like, just losing the coach isn't gonna, maybe he wasn't fired, but we were saying he's gonna be. Or he should have been fired, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But we were saying that just the coach isn't going to make a huge difference because it's, you know, the problems are throughout the organization. Yeah. But, I mean, I think firing the GM was was a big move. Obviously, they had to do something. Like, I feel like they've just rolled around and just died every season. And, like, something changed, and now they actually want to try and compete, maybe. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, Bruce Serena's... Obviously, he's had experience in the league in everywhere. Basically, he's just—he's one of those guys who's coached for a long time, um, been a part of the MLS really for many, many years. So he—he he knows what he's doing. He definitely has a little bit of uh, experience over some of these, you know, younger coaches, newer coaches. But at the same time, it's like, how is he going to take this uh, Revs team and? change it so he's got a like a big task on his hand it's not the galaxy where everyone wants to come like he's not going to be able to get these huge names to come there get the fans into it it's going to be a lot more difficult i think than it is like in in the in the past but i don't know it's a change and it's a needed change and you can't really get worse can you so i mean you can be the rapids but (laughs) i (laughs) I do want to start by saying Bruce Arena is going to attract a lot of players just by saying, like, hey, who wants to come play under Bruce Arena? He is the fucking Sir Alex Ferguson of Major League Soccer. He is the Greg Popovich of Major League Soccer. The dude's, in my opinion, is the greatest head coach in MLS history. You know, like, he has, what, five MLS Cups under his belt, three Supporter Shields, one U.S. Open Cup. He's won MLS Coach of the Year three times. And with the U.S. Men's National Team, he just won three CONCACAF Gold Cups. So Bruce Arena is that dude. And I'm not saying that this season he's going to, you know, fucking turn Christian Pena into a Golden Boot candidate and Diego Fagundes is finally going to develop into someone and blah, blah, blah. But you have to respect what he's done and you have to think that going into maybe even this next summer transfer window and on, um, he's going to bring some major changes to a club that's been around since the beginning. And I love the move. I don't know if he's going to have such the impact that, uh, you know, everyone online is freaking out about that, you know, Bruce Arena's here, the Revs are going to be, you know, the LA galaxy in a few seasons, but (laughs) I just I'm happy he's back. I love his press conferences. I just love how brutally honest he is and and he will call out a reporter for being a fucking idiot and he'll say it to his, their face and he'll just drink champagne and won't give a single damn in the press room and I love Bruce Arena. I'm so happy he's back. Um, you know, I'm, just, I'm so happy. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so happy. I, I mean, I it's know. good to have him back. It's definitely good to have him back. Um yeah, uh, that's that's all we got for the Reds. Do they make Do they make the playoffs next season? Next season for sure. Next season. Ooh, I'm well. There's also seven playoff spots, so you know. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? They might expand. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. There's gonna be ten playoff spots for eleven teams in each conference. Uh, let's jump into the Revs games this week. It will kind of show why they fired Brad Friedel and went with Bruce Arena. So Wednesday yeah, let's night, do it. I'm excited. 
Yeah, Wednesday night. I'll I'll just intro it and I'll let you go. Uh, Wednesday night, the Reds lost the Chicago Fire, your Chicago City SC, 5 nothing. Um, goals came from a Nemanja Nikolic brace. Uh, Nicholas Gaetan had a goal and two assists. Alexander Katai had two assists in this one. Polish Frank, we finally saw his first um, MLS yeah. goals. Same with Gaetan. It was for his first MLS goal as well. <laughs> Um, I'll let you talk about this game, but this game was the reason why Brad Friedel was fired, by the way. Yeah, the fire fired Brad Friedel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the laugh. We definitely didn't plan that one. Um, anyway, I don't want to take too much from this game because obviously the Revs were in a spot that's just like they were just spiraling downward. Um, but 5-0, like against anyone is impressive. I was really impressed with this performance. Uh, Kabelhoff, Schweinsteiger, and Calvo all uh, played at the back th- in a back three, which worked out very well, I'd say, given, you know, it was like their first time. Um, but it it is the refs. I feel like I'm going to have to like put an asterisk on this. <laughs> we won five nothing, but if it was like any other team, it would be like, a one-one draw. If it was a five-nothing against any other team not named the Rapids or Revolution, <laughs> I'd be like, "This is a great result." I'd be like super hyped. But since it's yeah, the let's Rapids, go. Like, I I just have a feeling I need to like check myself a little. Um, but obviously, Gaetan and Polish Frank got some nice goals. They both got goals in this game. Nikolic had a great game. Um, it was it was one of those performances where like this is the team I know we we can be, but they're not super consistent currently, um, which is starting to change. We had a really rough start to, to the season, but we've gotten a lot better since. Um, but overall, it's just like it looked. It was fun. It was fun to watch. They looked good, and they played well. And if if we do this every week, regardless of who the opponent is, it's going to be a tough game for them. So. I'll just be, uh, I'll be happy with that kind of performance. I want to, I guess, the, the, fuck it. Let's just jump down to the Red, uh, the fucking Revs, the Fires' second game of the week against Minnesota. It was a so, good week. It was a very good week, six points. Um, the Fire were at home hosting Minnesota, and they won 2 nothing. Guy Tan scored his second goal in Major League Soccer, and uh, Polish Frank got in the assist on that one. Alexander Katai scored as well. Um, I mean, you were at home for both games. And you won both games. That's six points, and that's your first back-to-back wins all season long. And feels the fire... like it's been the first back-to-back wins in a long time. <laughs> the fire were above that playoff line for for a hot little second before you know other results happened. And now you're hey, eighth. We're in eighth, but we're also tied on points with two other teams: the Crew in Toronto, and only one point behind Atlanta. So it's eighth, but it's it's only goal differential is what's changing, or and, I don't even know what it is. What's and you you also shut out a Minnesota United team who, you know, they 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 can score. So and we have one less game played than the Crew, who are in seventh. I mean, look, the Fire they're definitely trending in the right direction. Three straight shutouts. That's not bad at all. You shut out LAFC, New England, and Minnesota, 
And now you're going on. You're at San Jose next. And then you play my team right after that. So, you know, you're going to lose the shutout streak probably against my team. But it's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, but, hey, you know, if we come into that game, just keep on winning. I, I'd be more afraid if I were you. <laughs> you know, I'm totally confident in NYCFC. But the fire is definitely trending in the right fucking direction you guys i don't know why i cursed on that sometimes i just throw in curses and i'm like i don't know why i just did that but they are they're they're playing extremely well they're getting all their attackers involved frankowski's playing a little bit of right back but like right wing back just to get you know going they went from a three-man back to a four-man back this week uh, I don't. I I would like to see more consistency in the starting eleven if I'm a Fire fan. But other than that, you can't be upset that Nikolic is scoring. Um, Gaetan is getting involved and finally finding his groove. Uh, you know the team's just looking good. I mean, they're the pieces are starting to fall into place. I feel like like the start of the season was obviously not the best start we could have had. Yeah. Um, and I mean that goes into. I mean, two wins in the first 10 weeks. Not very good. Um, <laughs> not great. Not great. Not not the best, but... Uh, that, that, that's these... revolution numbers right there. Not even. True. <laughs> the, the Revs had more wins. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. No, they had the same. It's okay. <laughs> Almost clear. Um, anyway, uh, I don't even know what I was trying to say. Oh, the pieces are starting to fall into place. The team is starting to kind of click. It seems like they have decent chemistry as of right now it's just they have to like they're they're confident they could keep playing but this way we got san jose uh next week so i mean san jose obviously is is looking better than they have in the past seasons but i would expect to pull that out too that's three that could could potentially be three wins in a row um then we would go into new york i guess that's at home too but uh yeah and we'd play you guys at home. So, I mean, that game is, I feel like, a pretty pretty even game at this point. Yeah, we'll see how, you know, things go against San Jose. Maybe we have a different story after that. But <laughs> Am I getting ahead of myself a little bit? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. And something <laughs> I've just realized, the past two podcasts, we started with Chicago Fire Talk because we started with Calvo. And then, I mean, we went to the Revs with the Fire like I always want to like just we are not a Chicago Fire podcast, but well, I swear, Jason, like you just you do something to me where like my brain is just like let's talk about the fire. Fuck. Well, you, you're you like reading this the shit for the week, and you're like, oh, Jason wants to talk about the fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, we should probably we could probably talk a little bit longer with this. Um, let's go to a team we've mentioned a few times already. That's the Columbus Crew. Uh, this week, they acquired winger David Akam from the Philadelphia Union for $100,000 in targeted allocation money, $400,000 in general allocation money, and an international roster spot. Um, a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And last week, we talked about them acquiring David Guzman from the Portland Timbers. Uh, so with these moves, how are you feeling about Caleb Porter putting together this roster? I mean, he... He clearly has like a vision, which is a good thing. Um, I want to see this like start coming together because I think they they could actually have a decent roster on on his hands. Um, currently, like it's not. They're they're sitting in seventh. They've kind of had a little bit of an up and down season. They I mean they lost five straight, but then they had four wins in their first six. 
Um, so I don't really know what to make of this team right now. I think this is a move like they definitely want to win. They definitely want to push for that, that playoffs. But I, I really just want to see this team and I want to see how it all comes together first before I make any strong opinions on it. But I'm more confused at like why the union like would sell a player like a com while they're in first place. Like if I'm in first place, I don't want to mix that up. Like something's clearly working and unless a com is like screaming at players in the locker room and like, <laughs> trying to ruin shit, like there doesn't seem to be a reason to me like why he would be removed and traded. No, I'm but, with you. That was my first reaction when I saw this trade pop up on my phone. I was like, the fu- like why the union right now are running havoc on a weak Eastern conference and give them all the credit in the world for doing that. And, you know, I've said it before, but MLS this season to me at least seems to be an arms race and you need as many weapons you can on your side. And David Akam was that perfect multi-tooled weapon and you traded him away. I understand for $500,000 in allocation money in total, it's a, it's a decent amount of money, but unless you know there's a guy you're targeting in the summer transfer window that you're like, yeah, that's our guy and we're going to use this allocation money to get him, you know, why make that trade? I know that you've had plenty of forwards be very productive this season and do extremely well. So maybe you're like, okay, a comms an expensive guy. We can kind of move, get some cash and then maybe go get someone in the next transfer window. But especially, I don't know, like after they lost Corey Burke to the whole green card situation where he had to go back to Jamaica because he wasn't eligible and blah, blah, blah. Like you would think they would want to hold on to some forwards and, you know, I guess that they don't see him as completely necessary, and they're moving on without him. And they got a nice little chunk of change they, back. They got them. an uh, international roster spot as well, right? Exactly. So maybe, like so, I said, that kind of goes into my theory of maybe this next transfer window, they have a guy they want to go get. That Yeah, that's possible. Maybe they're kind of planning for more future, I guess. I mean, look, the summer transfer window is gonna not the summer transfer window the yeah summer transfer window i'm speaking correctly it's gonna be (laughs) here before you know before we even know it like july you know whatever it is it's not that far away so is it june july or is it july uh, it's july august july august so you know it's not july is not that far away we're a month and a half away from it not even crazy you know so (laughs) two months away from it. it it is crazy and you know, the, the union already have a nice hole in first place. Maybe they're thinking, okay, a com, you know, wasn't really getting that many minutes for us. He wasn't <laughs> starting. We already, we already have first place. Let's sell him, get a roster spot, get some money. And in the summer, we're going to bring in a game changer and we're going to fucking dominate the Eastern Conference. That sucks this season. I mean, well, yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. But if, I do, if he's not right. in the sorry, if he's not yeah, in the good. if he's not in the plans, you know, for this team, and they're like, you know, we might not want him long term. They got a great amount out of him. So if if they're thinking, like you said, you know, go somewhere else, get get someone else big in this this summer window, like good for them, you know, for making that move. 
Yeah, and for the crew, I think that if Caleb Porter likes him and Caleb Porter has a system, obviously Porter traded away Justin Miram to Atlanta United, and maybe he needs someone else on the wing that he wants to have some confidence in, and David Akam is a guy who has definitely been productive this season in the minutes he's gotten. Um, you know, maybe it's a good addition to have Akam and uh, Rabinho be the two wings surrounded um, outside of Pipa, uh, Higuain. So... Clearly, things went well early on in the week for the crew as they hosted the LA Galaxy and they defeated them five to one. Uh, brand new designated player, by the way. The crew also gave Jassy Zardes a little contract bump and he is now a DP for the club. Uh, he scored in this one. Uh, he also had an assist to Iguain. Iguain had a goal and an assist. Uh, the crew were just connecting on all cylinders. And the main takeaway that I really got out of this was that the LA Galaxy are not the same LA Galaxy squad without Jonathan Dos Santos. For all the talent they have, for Zlatan, for the center back signings they've made, they, they're missing out on Jonah in the middle of that field. They're missing out on a guy who's an enforcer, who's a physical player, who's going to slow shit down in the middle of the field and not have other teams' creative players do their thing. And you saw that clearly in this one. Jonathan Dos Santos was gone, and Iguain did his thing. He had a goal and an assist. Jossi Zardes was available to, to do some shit. Rabinho was playing well. So the Galaxy are not the same Galaxy. Even though they have Zlatan, they're not the same Galaxy when Jonathan Dos Santos or some type of physical threat in the middle of the field isn't there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos, he's like that like decision maker in a way like that that's always gonna you know he knows what he's doing he knows where to put the ball and I feel like that whole team benefits from having him in there and like you said without him they they were a different team so we'll see where the galaxy go I personally like this this is a bad loss like Columbus is a very bad loss Columbus is not a team that a team like the Galaxy should be losing to, especially with how the Galaxy have been playing lately. It's just, I I was surprised by this result, especially five one. Like if it was two one or one one zero or something, I I could see you know okay maybe, but five one is ridiculous. Like I mean, look, it, I think it shows the true colors of the Galaxy that. They're having trouble getting things going. They're having trouble creating offense, especially when they can't get Zlat on the ball. And yeah, they didn't score till you know eighty seventh minute. Yeah, they got a stupid garbage fucking goal off of Sebastian Legette corner. It, it was it, it was yeah, it was yeah, a nothing yeah. goal. And I mean, we can kind of just transition that into the Galaxy's game later on in the week against NYCFC. Um, and I'm not like you know getting super like ooh NYCFC but the New York went oh, all the really? way to... you're not I see this <laughs> um, New York went <laughs> all the way to the west coast which I've talked about before on this podcast it's difficult to go coast South. to coast in major league soccer especially since there what major league soccer teams are only allowed to have three private fr- flights all season long and they can pick it but you know, you go coast to coast way more than three times. So it, it sucks to travel as an MLS player, and hopefully things change for them in the next player's uh, union agreement. But NYCFC went out to the Galaxy, 
shut them out to nothing pretty much as the dominant first half. And then the second half, they were just trying to scrap together some type of confident defense, which somehow they pulled out. I don't really get how they did it, but whatever. <laughs> um, a bear scored Maxi Morales, put away a penalty kick. And I mean, like just NYCFC just keeps rolling, rolling, rolling. Um, the galaxy didn't have uh, Jonathan Dos Santos in this one either. And it was, that was kind of, the clear point to me again, a bear and Maxi Morales are running wild. Anton Tinnerholm, who's a guy I haven't really talked about a lot on this podcast as an NYCFC fan, but probably shouldn't. He was getting up into the attack from the right wing back spot. He was the guy who put in the shot in the 44th minute that a bear cleaned up. And, you know, it, NYCFC, they're just, they just found it and they went up against the galaxy team that's struggling and we, you know, I don't want to keep harping on it, but it's Jonathan Dos Santos. It's you can't create, you can't get the ball to Zlatan, and there's no enforcer in the middle of the field. But NYCFC, two game win streak right now. Next game is at Chicago, so probably a three game win streak at that point. <laughs> I am, oh, it, it, wait, it is, it is another round of the MLS Aces Derby, my friend. It, well, for your it's, next game, my. Well, it's two. this Saturday, it's this week. True. So next Wait, time no, we talk, it's Saturday, May twenty fifth. Oh no, I got May, my dates wrong. May eighteenth that we play San Jose. This Saturday oh. we, you guys don't play this weekend. I know. I just realized that. Okay, well <laughs> it's, it's it's a least less stressful week for me that I don't have to worry about an NYCFC game. But you know, NYCFC is rolling, and maybe this break now fucks us. I just realized that. So that was me thinking on the spot. So everyone, you just saw and heard my brain working. Um, you have anything else you want to say about the Galaxy or NYCFC? Um, Galaxy obviously had a terrible week, but um, NYCFC like I I feel like I misrated them horribly at the beginning of the season. Like I have it right here, sir. <laughs> Let me just double check for you. You had them in ninth place. I I did not see this turnaround. I thought they. I mean, I thought they lost too much and. They're playing great right now. I honestly like all I can say right now is props to them, props to your team. I'll give you some respect. Thank you, man. Thank you. And I, you know, this is this is all. I don't like this that we're like you know giving each other's teams credits. Uh, you know, <laughs> fuck DC United, am I right? <laughs> yeah, they had a huge lead and then they just blew it. <laughs> um, uh, let's go Rapids. Well, we we've we've talked about the. Well, we won't talk we about their games to. too much. We won't talk about the games too much. We'll kind of just talk about the moves they've made because they had a very busy end of the transfer deadline that we didn't get to talk about last week. Um, they acquired winger Jonathan Lewis from NYCFC for six hundred and fifty thousand in targeted allocation. That's money a ridiculous amount of money. And the twenty twenty international roster spot. That's Jonathan not Lewis has like fucking less than ten appearances for NYCFC and we just got almost $700,000 in allocation money. I mean you released the Rapids and like the Rapids like that's a kick of man while he's down kind of thing like (laughs) the Rapids are already terrible why do you got to do that? The Rapids just bent over in front of us and we just kicked them (laughs) square in the balls that's what just happened like it was like I love Jonathan Lewis I'm sad he's gone he's a US men's national team cap player it was January camp but two assists whatever it may be I think he's a very talented player I think he's I mean, really good I think this will be good for him he'll probably hopefully get more time at I mean he started rapid so he started this week <laughs> you know he's yeah like, so I mean it can only help him I 
as a fan of like U.S. soccer and like Jonathan Lewis being better, I'm actually okay with this move. Even for the, I mean, also I don't really care about the Rapids that much. So them spending nearly seven hundred thousand dollars and an international roster spot on a guy who is not really proven in any way, like oh, but like. I like, like I'm gonna miss Jonathan Lewis. I completely am. But I'm also gonna look at six hundred fifty thousand dollars in allocation money and be like, I, I don't miss Jonathan Lewis that much. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Let's like, see what they can turn it into. Yo, especially with the summer transfer window coming up. Like, let's go. But uh, the Rapids also went out. They acquired center back Alala Sabubakar from the Columbus Crew on one of those rare inter MLS loans for one hundred and twenty five thousand in targeted allocation money. Um. Seeing an inter MLS loan it was interesting to me. Uh, Abu Bakar has a guy is a guy who's young. He's a young center back. He's a physical center back. He's played a lot of time in USL. He's played some some good minutes for the Columbus Crew. I'm not going to say he hasn't played for them, but he too got the start this week for the Rapids. You know they lost still. They allowed three goals still, but he seemed to be a better center back option in my opinion. I mean. They need help everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) There's not much I can say about the Rabbits, to be honest. Like, they just need help. So any move they make, I'm just going to be like, yep, probably decent. Exactly. (laughs) Like, really, they're hard to get worse than where they're at right now. They have two points, and they've played 11 games. I did want to say something about Do I did. I do did. I do want to say something about the Rapids right here. Um, I found this little fun fact. The Rapids now own the worst start to any season in Major League Soccer history with two points through 11 games, um, zero wins, two draws, and nine losses. That's some quick math right there. Um, (laughs) Abubakar and Jonathan Lewis did make the lineup. It's just like it's so sad that they have so many players that I do enjoy. Like I love Kellen Acosta. I love Keegan oh, Rosenberry. Jonathan Acosta. Lewis is a guy I like. I love Kai Kamara. I think he's I was going like, to say Kai Kamara. He's funny as shit. I don't know how. And like obviously Tim Howard, way past his prime. He's a legend of the game. Like I love so many players on this Rapids team, and they're just so fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, we don't shame. have to. We don't have to keep talking about the Rapids, but I do want to say that they lost RSL this week three two. Um, they almost had it. You know, they almost had something going. They tied things up just after the half two two. Then Sam Johnson, who we talked about last week, DP striker for RSL, he came in. He was complaining last week he wasn't getting enough touches, and he puts away the game winner this week. So maybe get the man more touches. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's all I had to say about RSL in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, it was a 3-2 win. Not, yeah. not great when it's Colorado, to be honest. The Rapids did make one more move this week, and this isn't more Rapids talk, but we're going to talk about the team he went to. Um, the Rapids traded away midfielder Benny Fellhaber back home. He's going <laughs> He's going back home to Sporting Kansas City for center back Abdul Ratumbaye, uh, a, center back, a young center back from Africa that they signed this offseason, an international roster spot. A 2020 super draft pick and fifty thousand dollars in targeted allocation money. Um, you are the one that actually notified me of this move. I didn't see it pop up on my phone. So when you saw Benny Fellhaber going back home, he's going back to his MLS home in Sporting Kansas City. What'd you think? I mean, my initial reaction was like, good. Like, <laughs> first of all, I I like Fellhaber. I think he's a good player. 
obviously the Rapids suck, so it's been pretty brutal for them. Um, I doubt he's having a fun time there. Um, but I was, I was like, Kansas City clearly needs help. <laughs> like they are, they are dying out here. They need bodies. They just they, need bodies on the field. Seriously, like they're gonna just start picking people from the crowd pretty soon to put on. They their had bench. four they, subs they this week. They can't fill their bench. Yeah, they had four ridiculous. subs, and that includes a goalkeeper. It was ridiculous. Like they, if you, it's it's brutal for them right now, and so. This is going to add a little bit of depth to them. I, it's crazy that we're talking about Kansas City as a team that needs to add depth <laughs> for a team that has one of the best depths in probably all of in yeah all of MLS. In like I don't know, it's crazy to me. Yeah, like but I, I know, think this I, is a good move. I know we say this every single week about SKC, but it's just like it's so crazy. And that's why I keep mentioning it. It's why you keep mentioning it. It's why Sam keeps mentioning it. Before well, the season this started, team, we that... said that they had the most depth in Major League Soccer. And now they have the most injuries in Major League Soccer. And now their depth is really being fucking tested. And they have four players on the bench. It's, it's sad. <laughs> it really is. You know what else is sad? What? That we're going to mention the DC United SKC game. And Sam isn't here. But... Sorry, Sam. I'll get, I'll get you a quick opinion when you get in here, if you get in here. I, I don't know if he's getting in here, but we'll see. Uh, DC United on Sunday was a lone Sunday game. They defeated Sporting Kansas City at home 1-0. Beautiful goal. The goal came from Paul <laughs> Ariola in the 78th minute, putting it fucking top bends over Timelia. My, my my poor man, Timelia. Um <laughs> Sam would the, Sam like the goalkeeper guy would always be would probably talk about Tim Melia like not stretching enough or something. Yeah, Tim Melia, and I, <laughs> I've said this a hundred times on the podcast. He's from my hometown. I love him. I will always root for Tim Melia. But this Paul, Ari- reach. Paul Ariola's goal fucking just snuck in right over his hand into the top left hand corner of the net. It was sexy good. Um, <laughs> It, it was it was amazing. DC United played well defensively. Steve Birnbaum was easily the best defender on the field. Bill Hamid came up with a ton of good saves, kept a clean sheet for DC. And now, you know, DC, they're, they're sticking around on top of the East for especially sliding through a few games, which I'm a little bit surprised about because of their injuries, because of, uh, you know, some recent poor play from some players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we talked about it a little. They they kind of had a, a weird like dip in form uh, from their crazy start to the season. Yeah. But I think this is a DC team that is very good. It's 100% a playoff team. I don't know if I'd still put them, you know, as like the best in the East like they were for the first, you know, four games. But... That this is still a team that was dominating people at the beginning of the season, and, and they have all this talent. So I'm not overly surprised by a result like this. Um, they're just they're a good team. Yeah, and, and right right now they're tied with Philly with 23 points on top of the East. They legit have the same exact wins, draws, and losses as Philly. Same amount of matches. It's it, it's been, like we said, it's been a little bit of a rough stretch, and it hasn't even really been that rough. Their last six games, they've won four of them and lost two. You know, Yeah, it's... but it just feels, it feels like, because I was looking at their form too, and I was like, okay, 
I mean, they haven't had a terrible go of it, but I just feel like some of their losses have been bad losses. No, you're right. And, and they haven't really been too confident in the wins. Like, they, they won 3-2 to Colorado. one nothing over Columbus isn't great. Yeah, so... Like one nothing over SKC isn't great. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm you're saying, right. it's no, like you're right. their beginning of the season, if you if we go to those games, they went two over Atlanta, five oh over Salt Lake, and you know, they beat Orlando two one in Orlando, which is a difficult place to play, I'd say. Um so it just it hasn't been a terrible run of form. It just has felt a lot worse, I feel like, than it than it's the results show. You know what I have to ask you right now, and I didn't tell you about this. It's not on the show notes, and Sam isn't here, but we haven't done this in a few episodes, and I feel like we should right now. Quick MLS Aces team power rankings. Oh, okay. This is t- difficult now. We did this in the beginning of the season, and, D- and well, DC was just running away. NYCFC couldn't win a fucking game, and you guys are just in the middle of the pack. But I have to ask you now. Ooh, this is hard. So one, two, and three: NYCFC, DC United, Chicago Fire. I'll They're start with all, my. We're all on two game win streaks. We are, but I'll start with my three pick. Okay. DC United. Hmm. I think that like you convinced me with your argument about their recent run of form that their wins haven't been overly impressive and their losses have been. <clears throat> I think I convinced losses. myself as well. Yeah, <laughs> I just there's something about it for DC where I know this team is really good, but the way they're playing doesn't show me that. No, I completely agree with you. Like I don't, <laughs> they have the talent, but I I just. I don't like Luciano Acosta on the wing. I don't like him there. I don't know why he keeps playing there all season you think long. He's gonna leave. Oh, he without a fucking doubt he's leaving. This and summer though, before the season it, ends. In the summer, DC is going to lose Luciano Acosta. Um, because I I know his contract runs out pretty soon too, so they might lose and him. He wanted to go beforehand. He wanted to leave. I know there was some tension there, whatever. A deal doesn't look like it's going to get done for them. So Luciano Acosta might be gone, and DC might have a struggle to to make it back into the playoffs unless they can find another number 10 that's kind of circling around re- uh, ready to create. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I guess I have to go with my third pick, and I really don't want to agree with you. <laughs> but... Okay, you convinced me, so I'm taking your argument and saying that's a good that, point. That is a very good point. That is, is me. So I'm copying you. Okay, I I am copying you. All right, I'm going with DC. As right, who, third. who is your number two team between us? Uh, my number two team is the Fire. Ooh. They, I have them as that just because. Obviously, you guys, the NYCFC, beat the Fire. Um. Not too long ago, but I also didn't realize that you guys only have one loss on the season. Yeah, we don't lose games, and like we said last week, that was the Pozuelo game, so it doesn't count. Yeah, it was the absurd, like, (laughs) the most absurd game ever, but (laughs) yeah, four wins in their last five in the drawn as that fifth one uh, versus, you know, the fire have 
two wins, a draw, and two losses in their last five. It just seems like I'd have to go fire second and then New York first. Boy, did I not think when the season started I'd have New York City as the best team of our three teams. But I completely agree. I have the fire in second, NYCFC in first. We don't lose games. We may draw a game. We may fucking <laughs> goddamn may draw, draw a, a game. game. What do you mean? You're far more likely to draw a game at this point <laughs> in the season. We may draw a goddamn game, exactly. But we don't lose them. And that's what it comes down to Unless right it's now. Unless debut of a player. So really, yeah. like, we just got to figure <laughs> Sign out. Sign a player each week. <laughs> to debut for the team that's playing New York. You know, right now we're sitting in fourth place. We're cleaning up the defense. We have a positive goal differential. I don't know what else I can ask for right now at this point in the season. Kind of just figuring things out. And I don't think Mitrita and Ember have started a game together yet. So I'm waiting for that to happen. And anyways, um, I'm happy. The the Fire have a positive goal differential. I, didn't, I, weren't, I wasn't saying you guys didn't have one. No, I know. Saying. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that we're plus six, but you guys are only plus three. Well, because we had some, you know, some, some early season struggles. That bad loss. Yeah, that, that, four, that bad four, loss zero. doesn't help. You know, <laughs> whatever. It's crazy. So should... Montreal, uh, Montreal has a negative four and they're in third place. Yeah, I... I, I took this from the 9607 podcast. Um, I remember I've, one of them said it. I don't remember which one. Um, so go check them out. They're another MLS podcast that do a great job. They, they're they a little more serious than we are. Um, but one of them said they like to look at goal differential to see who are the real playoff teams and who aren't in Major League Soccer. And right now, a minus goal for goal differential for the impact, though they're in third place, yes, maybe doesn't spell long-term success for them just my opinion maybe mm-hmm. i could i could be wrong but they also had a seven nothing or a seven one loss or whatever it is so that also might affect the goal differential that just might be an outlier i don't know but maybe something to look at like the columbus crew definitely with a minus six goal differential sitting in seventh place i think is a fair representation of what they've been this season but uh I, we should probably move on a little bit past talking about standings and <laughs> our three teams. Um, Seattle Sounders did something. We talked about Jovan Jones last week coming back to Seattle, and I absolutely love the move. They also went out and acquired DP center back Xavier Arrega from Barcelona SC, which is not Barcelona in Spain. Oh, Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, by that Barcelona. Um, Barcelona SC it plays in the Ecuadorian First Division. Apparently, they're the best team in the Ecuadorian First Division or like historically one of the better teams in the Ecuadorian First Division. Um, so Sounders finally getting a young center back that isn't Roman Torres, Chad Marshall or Kim Kihi. Like shocking, right? <laughs> you didn't say. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Thanks. Um, I mean, obviously, like the Sounders are a team that's really interesting to me. I feel like they're really good, but are they good enough to, you know, beat LAFC? Is really like obviously LAFC currently is the bar. They kind of set the bar. They have a 21 goal differential. I know that I know we're not talking about LAFC right now, but uh, we will. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait to get to that. I'll wait to get to that. But this the Sounders are uh, obviously pushing for that top, you know, one to two spot. They're in third right now. Um, <clears throat> they've made a few acquisitions. Just Do you want to? 
do you want to go to the game? Because I feel like the the game this past week was a a great game for, to kind of show what the Sounders are. Yeah. Do you want to start with it? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the Sounders beat uh, the Dynamo one zero. Um, was it in Houston? It was in Seattle. Is in Seattle. If you if you look on the notes, I wrote the team like first. That's the home team. Oh, you are thinking three thousand IQ. Oh, yeah, look at me. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the Sounders are are slowly starting to get you know the pieces back together. They uh, Roldan has been playing very well. Rui He's, Diaz came back this week. Yeah, he scored in the fifth minute. Christian Roldan. Um, it seems like this team, like, I'm impressed with them right now. I, I have them going pretty far, so I got to roll with them. Hmm. But uh, beating Houston, as much as I haven't been huge on Houston, despite, you know, their great, their great run and where they are on the table, is still a good win. Um, I still feel like Houston might not be as good as everyone thinks they are, especially since their two losses on the season have been against like the two real competition um, in the Galaxy and Seattle. So Don't shit on Houston, man. I'm not trying to shit on Houston. I'm just saying that I'm not 100% confident in them play, be, beating teams that are better than them. Which they may just be that third, fourth, fifth best team in the West. That just may be them, you know? But in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, the Houston still isn't better than Seattle, Galaxy, LAFC. But, you know, they are still not a bad team. I mean, when they lose, when they lose Elise this summer, they definitely might be a bad team <laughs> after that. But I mean, no, I'm not trying to say they're a bad team. I just like if the bar is, you know, winning a championship. They're a Which team every that, team's bar should be, but yeah, it it definitely should be, but Houston really needs to uh, kind of figure some stuff out because if they can't beat you know a Sounders or a Galaxy, two of the three teams that are above them in the West, that that doesn't like bode well for them going yeah. forward. No, you're right, but um, I mean, I, I agree with you. Seattle's finally. Starting to get everyone back in the starting eleven, and they're looking good doing it. Um, Christian Roldan has, my opinion at least, has been their best player this season without a doubt. He's banging home some fucking wonderful goals, and he put away another great one this week. I feel like the past three weeks he's put away like a fucking beautiful goal of the week contending goal. Um, and he's also doing a great job playing kind of in that deep lying midfield and getting up into the attack. So Seattle. With their additions, they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a top two, I think, top two team in the West. I think they're better than the Galaxy at this point. Um, The one thing I did want to talk to you about with Seattle is that Brad Smith, their starting left back, his loan is due to run out this summer, and he's going to head back to AFC Bournemouth. Apparently, they're trying to work on either a loan extension, um, buying his contract full outright, whatever it may be. Um, maybe that's also why they went out and signed Joven Jones as a starting left back once Brad Smith leaves. They also have Nuhu on the bench. Um, Brad Smith slowed down Albert Elise for as much as you can slow him down this week, and he did a great job. What 
do you think Seattle should try to do? Should they try to retain Smith and kind of maybe throw Jones in a midfield spot, start Jones? What do you think? I mean, if they have like an easy route at retaining him, I'd say that's their best route. You never want to lose someone midseason. Especially a starter. Regardless of who the player is, though. I mean, yeah, especially it's just something like you you don't want to lose someone this late. Like that is – I mean, mid-season. It's just, it's not a good thing, especially for a team that's like, they're they're working right now the way they are. So you mess that up, even by one player, who knows, you know, what, they, what that's going to look like. No, it exactly. could be fine. It could be terrible. So they have to figure out kind of how they can retain him because I think their their number one option should definitely be to retain him. Um, but the the Joven Jones thing, like that's, that's a, uh, kind of a problem that you want to have. It's like, where can we play him? Where can we put him in? He may, may just be, um, like a good, a good super sub for them, which is, but no, you can't bring Joven Jones off the bench. (laughs) The, The dude. And like, I'm not even like saying that as like a super Joven Jones fan. I'm saying that as like the dude was scoring goals and like, playing extremely well in the Bundesliga too. Yes, it's the Bundesliga too, but I, you know, I'm sure he's facing much better competition in the Bundesliga too than every single week against RSL, Portland, Colorado, etc. So, like the dude was playing well there. If you like once they figure him out and they get him into full training, he needs to be starting somewhere on the field in my opinion. I think I mean obviously if you have him coming off the bench, yeah, you have a fucking great player coming off the bench but i think you need to have him start in in my opinion i mean but where would you have him start would you put i'd him start in him over I think victor could. rodriguez i'd sit victor rodriguez have him come off as a super sub since my biggest critique with him is he's inconsistent when he's playing well he is dominant but when he's not he's quiet and kind of just gets lost in a game um so i'd start him over victor rodriguez and have rodriguez come off as a super sub Okay, I mean, I, mean, I feel and like you sold me on this. Worst case scenario, you bump Joven Jones back to left back, have him as like a wing back, and Victor Rodriguez start if someone gets hurt. Or you have Victor Rodriguez go down, you bump Joven Jones to left mid, and you have knew who start at left back. Like, <laughs> Seattle, all it, got, we're, we're all tangled up now. Like I said earlier, MLS the season seems to be an arm race, and having as many weapons as possible is always a good thing. Um... We can move to another team who had two games this week, and they definitely have tons of weapons that seem to be figuring shit out. Atlanta United, uh, Wednesday, they hosted TFC, won the game 2-0. Joseph Martinez had two assists in this one, and he seems to be finding ways to be an impact, even if he isn't putting the ball in the back of the net by himself. And then on Saturday, Atlanta United hosted Orlando City. And they won that game one nothing off of Pitti Martinez's first goal in Major League Soccer. So congrats to him for finally. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Scoreboard. It, it was going to happen eventually, you know, for for being the game changer there. Um, anything you want to talk about with Atlanta United or you know, I, let's start with Atlanta United. Anything you want to say about them? Um, is this a classic case of a uh, championship hangover just slowly going away? Because they I look mean, good all of a sudden. They've strung yeah. together a couple wins here. They look very good again. They Four look, wins in a row. F- five in their last six. They look like 
not the Atlanta United of last season. Definitely not. Like, I'm not going to call them that good. But they look like, hey, we could potentially be the best team in the Eastern Conference again. Um, if Pitti Martinez is going to start scoring and if Yosef can figure out ways to be an impact, even if he isn't getting the service that he wants. And I mean, I feel like he did that. Two exactly. Two in a game and then... Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. is like If he can continue to kind of string that together, score when he can, and then throw out some assists to Julian Gressel and other guys like that, then Atlanta United is going to be back. And, you know, they have, looking at just kind of quickly scrolling through their games upcoming, they have a pretty decently easy schedule up until maybe the 20th with Seattle as their first real major, you know, MLS, potential MLS Cup competition. Huh. Would they play Chicago uh, in between there? They play Chicago twice in between there. <laughs> I know. I, I scrolled right by them. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Atlanta is maybe the best team in the East. And this is with no Ezekiel up. Barco, by the way, because he's gone for the U-20 World Cup with Argentina. Who was really, really good before he left. Who was their the best really player really in their good. last yeah. two wins, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is is a classic, you know, they're they're starting to hit their form, and I think we're going to be hearing a a lot about them again. I feel like a lot of people early season were just like, "Uh, they're done, one season wonder or whatever, but, you know, here they come, so... I, I, like think... I was one of those people for sure. I I was like, yep, like the MLS machine will swallow anyone whole. Like Atlanta United, you're not special. And like I said, I don't. I still don't think they're special. I don't think they're the same quality they were last season. And I still don't like Frank DeBoer's tactics. Um, but right now they're making it work. And I, I, you know, the one thing I do want to note is that it was a rivalry game against Orlando City, and they have Orlando City's number all time. They are 5-0-2 against them. That is zero losses and two draws. And, you know, it wasn't the best game from them, but Orlando City also didn't have Nani, who was out with, um, you know, I think morning of, I saw a report that he was, he didn't travel with the team due to an injury. So that also probably wasn't the best setup for Orlando City to get anything going away to Atlanta. Maybe he got hurt when he headbutted Kalnikov. So, still fucking hate him for that. Um, <laughs> and then you know, look, you beat TFC, whatever. TFC is a, a, one of the better teams in the East for what they are. But um, that's that is what it is. Let's move on to another tough competition in the East. That's Montreal Impact defeating the Red Bulls two one on the road um, on Wednesday, and then the Impact went out on Saturday and lost two one to FC Cincinnati. So. Montreal Impact, I don't know what to make of you. Like, like <laughs> when I was watching the Red Bull game, like, I was like, okay, you know, they're playing up against the pretty strong Red Bull side. Still no Bradley Wright Phillips, but the Impact don't have Nacho Piatti. And they came away with the win. Omar Brown has been a complete game changer since the Impact signed them. Maxi Rudy scored his first goal of the season. And, you know, if once he starts a scoring uh, scoring stretch, then he doesn't stop until he stops and he doesn't score ever again. And I was just like, okay, Impact, like, good for you. And then you go out on Saturday and you play <laughs> the fucking FC That's Cincinnati. And this is who, the strangest team. Who just fired their fucking head coach last week. And you, you suck. 
like I so I think the Impact aren't a bad team. I think they're a mid to lower playoff team in the East, but they need Ignacio Piatti back. And no matter how well they're doing without him, they need his talent, his class on the field because I think people are forgetting how good he actually is. I just like this team is so just funny to me. Like <laughs> uh, how much they go up and down is ridiculous. Like if you look at their form chart, it's literally like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Draw, like, draw, draw. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of draws in there, but draw, draw, draw. It's it's just like so up and down. There's zero consistency. At, like this is probably the worst team to bet on. Because you have no idea what's happening any day. Oh, I wouldn't touch this team with a dollar. <laughs> Seriously, like you're probably losing more money. Like I don't. This is a team that's very hard to read. Um, I think I agree with you. I think they'll make the playoffs, especially getting Piatti back eventually. They'll they'll probably be, you know, better. <laughs> maybe scoring a little bit more with Piatti, you know. But. It hasn't looked great. Obviously, we touched on the negative four goal differential earlier, but yeah. I I don't I think this team's maybe a six or a seven spot in the East. Yeah, I would say five max right now, in my opinion. Definitely, like, definitely five max. Them pulling away like a couple win streak, playing extremely well, like they're a five team in my head by the end of the season, but. We can move on to the Red Bulls, who lost to the Impact earlier this week. And in that loss, they also lost reigning MLS Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Long, who went down with an injury. So not great there, especially for a team that hasn't had Bradley Wright Phillips in a uh, in a little bit because of some injury. I think might be a little bit more than injury. I think he might not be happy with the team, but that's also just me speculating. Um, and then the Red Bulls went out and beat FC Dallas with a complete B team. Like, they subbed out 10 of their 11 starters from the Montreal Impact game and went out and they won against FC Dallas, who was throwing out some of their B team players. But, I mean, like, their B team players are also, like, 12 years old because their starters are 18. So it's like... It was an, it was an interesting game. The Red Bulls are another team to me that very difficult to read, very interesting to read because they're very inconsistent and they haven't been fully healthy all season long. And as you know, I'll give them that. So I don't know. Like, what what what's your take on the Red Bulls right now? I think the Red Bulls are a playoff team. See, I'm questioning that whether I, I believe they are or not. I think partly the injuries have hurt them, but I don't think this team is going to miss the playoffs. Obviously, they've had some trouble, but I don't know. It's it's the Red Bulls as much as like obviously you hate it, but they <laughs> they know what they're doing. Like I can't hey, bet they against have, a team like this. They have tied their most home losses at Red Bull Arena. With three, and oh they're only God. on. Didn't we talk about this last week? Yeah, they lost. Yeah. So, you know, they're at three, and let's see if they can hit the four. No, sorry, four is the most amount of losses they've had in the season. So, they play Atlanta this Sunday. I think it could be loss number four. I mean, but that would tie it, right? Yeah, that would tie it. I mean, either way, that's actually insane stat. Even, even if it just tied, like, you know, fuck the Red Bulls, whatever. <laughs> 
All right, so we skipped past FC Cincinnati. Did you have any comment about them? Um, they had a 2-1 win over the Impact. If you don't have any comment, it's okay. To me, they just looked much better actually passing the ball than they did at any game under Alan Koch. Um, so good for that. You actually put together a string of passes, <laughs> and you scored a, two goals. Look at that, guys. I didn't know they could. Yeah, I didn't know they I mean, could get into what, what was their 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 streak of not scoring? One, two, three, four, five straight games. They didn't score a goal, and he scored two. And they scored one in seven. Yeah, one in seven. Yeah, and you know one in eight. If you want to go back to the Philly loss, so FC Cincinnati is having trouble. Having no, that trouble. was the seven. Oh, that was a seven. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that they was were one having in trouble. Seven. You know, getting good passes, getting together, and getting offensive movement. And new head coach, maybe new tactics, new motivation, and he scored too. So I mean, no one's just, getting the golden boot on Cincinnati. You no, know, Kenny Saeed bounce back. Bounce back. <laughs> um, FC Dallas, like I said, they started a B team. They um, didn't have Paxton Pomichol, who left due to U.S. Men's National Team U20 World Cup. Um, Jesus Ferrara came off the bench. He didn't start in this one. Um, Edwin Cerillo, they didn't have him because he is leaving for the U.S. U20 World Cup as well. Um, but still, you're playing in Red Bull B team and you lose 3-1 at home. That's a rough loss. Yeah, I mean, this Dallas team, like, we knew they were going to go through some, ch- like, they're kind of, like, regrowing, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, um, all their players are go hitting puberty right now. <laughs> I mean, they, props to them for playing kids, and they're having they have this like great youth system that they're allowed to do this and not be absolute trash. Like, there are a lot of teams that are far worse than them in this league who shouldn't be probably, but uh, I mean, that's two straight losses to Houston and the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls yeah. obviously aren't really great right now but I still think this Dallas team is is a good team I just think that all of these changes are kind of catching up with them um so I I'd like to see where they keep going I do you think they're a playoff team because I kind of feel like they're one of those like six or seven playoff like right now they're in fifth I feel like fifth is like their high spot like we were talking about the impact, like maybe getting to fifth. I feel like Dallas is a little bit of that too. I like the, I like Dallas right now a little bit more than I like the impact, but I'm with you. I think like five, six kind of sounds right to me. You know, they're a young team, but when they're playing well, Jesus Ferrar is scoring goals and Paxton Pomichol setting shit up and Edwin Cerillo is holding well as a number six and everything's looking good. But then when they're not, they're youth comes out and they let up goals and you know passes aren't going well and no one's creating and etc etc um so i think they are a playoff team my only thing right now is you lose Cerillo and you lose pomichol to uh us u20 world cup going on this summer and their next four games you want to hear them lafc lafc vancouver seattle that's rough <laughs> That's not a fun next four Oh, my games. goodness. I didn't even realize. They play at and home against they LAFC. They play LAFC three days apart, twice. Yeah, 
Yep, away and home. Then you play Vancouver, who's on the up and up right now. Not super up and up, but they're moving up. And then Seattle. So you're playing the two best teams in Major League Soccer three of your next four weeks. So good luck. Uh, Good luck, Dallas. Let's see if you can pull away, like, maybe four points out of those next four games. (laughs) Uh, We can move on. Do you have anything you want to say about Vancouver, Portland Timbers? Uh, Portland lost, right? They did lose one nothing. Yeah, um, not great for Portland. Uh, hey, they had a three game win streak. They got snapped in this one. That's true. They have looked a little bit better, but they're still kind of a strange team. That's just like I don't, I don't really know what what's going on with them. Um, Vancouver in in Biam, whatever. Huang in Biam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, I feel I like it, it's in, in Biam Quang. Why do I feel like it's it's supposed to be that way? Yeah, it's like it's like Ichiro Suzuki Suzuki Ichiro. I don't fucking know, man. They don't they say their last names first? Yeah, I think the first name goes on the back of the jersey instead of the, I don't know. What's on the back of his jersey? It's in Biam. Ah, interesting. I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> Either way, I mean, ah. he's, he's playing really well right now. He, you you called it out at the beginning of the season, so props to you. But he he's been a fun player to watch. And the Vancouver like or Vancouver, obviously they like got rid of half the team, so I didn't expect a whole lot from them this season. But you know, they're sitting in eighth spot right now. Like that's that's not terrible. I'm I've been you know impressed. Yeah, I mean, there was a point where I thought Vancouver just wasn't going to make the playoffs. And now I'm like, eh, you could be a seven seed. I don't know. (laughs) Where did did we all put Vancouver? I got you right here. I had him in 11th. You had him in 10th. And Sam had him in 9th. So we all had him missing the playoffs. Props to Sam. He got close (laughs) so far. Closest so far. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, Vancouver, like, you know, you're good for you for playing a little bit better. Still struggling offensively a little bit, but Huang Mbam, or Mbam Huang, um, you know, he's doing his thing. I think he's getting adjusted to Major League Soccer. And uh, Portland, you only have two more road games before that opening home game of the season. So keep on hanging on, boys. Um, Let's move forward. TFC lost to the Philadelphia Union 2-1. TFC lost also, we said it before, they lost earlier in the week to Atlanta United 2-0. Um, the only thing I really want to say not here a good week. is not a great week for TFC. <laughs> the defense was holding up for a few weeks there. Now it's back to falling apart. Mavinga had an own goal in this one, and he struggled mightily. Um, Laurent Chiman and Oro Jr. went out with an injury in this one. And still no Josie out the door, and I don't want to keep saying it every single week, but not having him sucks because he's a top striker in the league. Um, For Philly, you keep winning with your third-string goalkeeper. Good for fucking you. Um, Brendan Aronson's coming back off an injury, so he's kind of slowly working his way into the lineup. The super teenager that I never heard of before the start of this season. And then Marco Fabian came back this week um, from injury. And, you know, Union, keep fucking... Just keep dominating. Keep fucking winning games while the rest of the East is still trying to get their shit together. That's all I have to say about them. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We, 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 I'm just trying to run through some of these games we don't really yeah. want to talk about. Um, Columbus Crew, They we talked about them. They had a nice big 5-1 win over the Galaxy. Then they're like, ah, this, we got it. We'll host the other LA team. And then they lost 3 nothing to them. 
Um, so the LAFC defeated the crew 3 nothing on the road. Mark Anthony K had a goal. Um, Adama Diamande had a goal. Carlos Vela had a goal. Uh, it really was a, actually a pretty good game for the most part up until the 88th minute when Diamande scored and then Vela scored in the 90th minute. But Mark Anthony's K's goal in the 37th minute was really the game decider. Um, he played really well in that holding midfield role and then got up and he got into the attack and he scored. Um, I thought the crew for what we've said about them so far on this podcast, they played a great game against the best team in major league soccer and good for them. They're just such an inconsistent team that I don't really have confidence in them week in and week out. And then for LAFC, like, you know, you did what good teams do. They went on the road. It might've been a tight game for 88 minutes of it, but you went on the road and you got three points out of it. So keep on no keeping on there. Exactly. Like just... someone, someone called LAFC, the man city of major league soccer. I don't know if I'm going to go that far with it because major league soccer is such a different animal, but they're pretty fucking good. Hmm. Interesting. Um, that wasn't a shot at you, by the way. No, I know. I know. I, I, I know. Uh, was it? <laughs> I don't, I don't really see that. Uh, but LAFC obviously look good. They've looked good all season. At this point, I'd be more surprised if they lose than when they <laughs> win like three zero. Oh shit! Like, they lost this week. I'm like, what? They lost to the earthquakes. Damn! <laughs> How did that one happen? <laughs> but yeah, they look good. Um, it's really all I have to say. I mean, crew, I just want... crew had an okay week. I mean, they beat the Galaxy, which I thought was a solid win. But then you lose to the LAFC, which, in their defense, LAFC is far better team. And the crew got some shots off against LAFC. I'll give them that. But it's just, you know, it wasn't there at the they, end. They held their own. I feel like the scoreboard doesn't yeah. present it, like you said. But they did a decent job. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like a decent job don't really matter. Exactly. Um, I do. I just want to notice this. My two teams in Major League Soccer, well, my one team and apparently the other team that you and Sam think I support. Oh, uh, I like how you said my two teams. And then I corrected myself by no, saying but the, the other late. team. It was yeah. too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two, lo- two total losses on the season. Just want to point that out. Between your two teams? Between my one team and my other team that you guys think I support. No, no, no between your two teams. <laughs> um, How right, many draws? Uh, a shit ton of draws. A <laughs> shit ton of draws. Um, let's move to the final game, and then we'll kind of wrap things up from there. New England Revolution after firing Brad Friedel, but before hiring Bruce Arena. So this is that that you know that one game middle ground. They defeated the Earthquakes three to one. Um, I mean, like I don't really want to get too deep into this game, but San Jose looked like the beginning of the year. San Jose couldn't really connect passes, and the man marking didn't really work couldn't for them. Defend any toddlers. Yeah, I love it. I, love it. I, I did write that they couldn't defend any toddlers. And then the Revs, I think this was kind of just like, ah, Friedel's gone. Let's just kind of have fun out here before the next head coach comes and dominate. And they did. This is like a Manchester United after they got rid of Mourinho. Yeah. That we're think, about to see. Yeah. So and I'm they're going to make a poor hiring. So <laughs> LAFC. Way too early. Hey, 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 Bruce Arena is not a poor hiring, sir. 
<laughs> That's true. They're not the Manchester United of the MLS. I already called MLS. him the uh, the fucking what did I say the Sir Alex Ferguson of. MLS. Oh, that's true. I did. I did call him that. So you know, um, it was a bit bold. I don't know if like it's a hot take. Sir Alex it's, did it for one team for forever. It's 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 a toasty take. It's a toasty take. <laughs> it's a toasty take. Um, last piece of news that I do want to say. Uh, we're not going to really talk about it, but Major League Soccer had ten players named to the USU twenty World Cup roster. You know, most notably Paxton Pomichol, uh Chris Durkin, Mark McKenzie. So Io good luck. Akinola. Yeah, Io Akinola. Chris Durkin. Exactly. Yeah, I got <laughs> so many dudes out here. I'm 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 excited to see them play this summer. So good to them. Good luck to them. Um I DM'd a bunch of them on Twitter, none of them answered me, but it's cool, it's fine, whatever. I don't, I'm not hurt by it at all. Um let's finish things up here with looking at the week ahead. And next week's week games ahead. And what game you're looking forward to sitting down, you know, and watching, man? Um, on Wednesday, which is actually tomorrow. It is. So the, you people will probably listen to this when the, uh, the day you are hearing this. <laughs> when you hear this, there is a game tonight. Feels weird to say tonight. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Toronto plays DC United. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty good game. But I'm more interested in... I, I pulled a little sneaky one on you. Ooh, I know. I was um, like, I, I didn't really think too much of that game. <laughs> I'm more interested in the Timbers versus the Dynamo. Ooh. You might not have thought about that one either, but... Um, the, or is this another the, fake? No, no. This is, this is, this is legit. The okay. Dynamo are home. They haven't lost at home all season. Obviously, they're home, actually. That was stupid. But... Uh, I feel like the Timbers have been like this weird kind of they've obviously been on the road for the start of the season so part of their results have been affected by that but both of these teams in my opinion are good teams Houston I'm not really sure what they are I I really don't know what they are Portland I expected to be far better but they're not so <laughs> I think this is this is a game that's kind of one of those games that we'll look back on and be like, oh, this is a game where like those those points were really important to get them in the playoffs or to keep them in that spot or to get them, you know, this opponent in the first round. I I mean you have high hopes for this game. I don't really, but it's fine. Um the game that I'm looking forward to this week, and I don't know what day it's on, so if you could look at that, I'd really appreciate that. I got you. But Philly hosting Seattle Sounders. What day is that? Uh, that is May 18th, Saturday. That is a Saturday game. The Union right now, top of the I Eastern Conference. I should not Conference. scroll down far enough. What? Oh, you didn't scroll. You didn't see that game. No. Um, <laughs> Union hosting Seattle right now. Philly top of the East, top fucking dogs in the East playing extremely well, hosting Seattle. That playing well, not playing to I think their best ability, but they're still a talented fucking team. Um, these are two good teams going at it. I think 
it could be a potential at this point of the season MLS Cup game. Um, Ooh, it could be. You know, I could see it. It's a but, bold take, but it's definitely possible. That's why I, I gave myself a little like you know backdoor by saying at this point of the season this could be a potential a toasty take. Yeah, this, this is a toasty take. <laughs> <laughs> I found something else. I'm gonna say always full, um, full of toasty takes. Yeah, I'm full of toasty takes. Tom the toasty take guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Triple T. Yeah, triple T. Tom's toasty takes. Um, <laughs> I think you could also look at the Montreal Impact hosting the New England Revolution. The Impact, like we said, they could either be amazing or really shitty, depending on the week. And then you have New England coming out with Bruce Arena's first game. I think this could be potentially a pretty good game to sit down and watch, or it could be a complete shit show. I don't know which one it is, <laughs> but if you want to watch it and test that, then you go do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a risky risky click it's a toasty take <laughs> that, that is a toasty take that's definitely one um you know it's not a toasty take though it's our sponsors for this show um so i gotta say thanks to our sponsor golden gold press they're the best choice um for your custom shirts hats mugs and other items just for yourself or for your organization or for your soccer team for whatever it may be um so check them out they're amazing products at a fraction of the price and uh, a fraction of the price of any other place out there go to goldengoldpress.com um, I gotta also say thank you to Roughneck Scarves. They're the official scarf supplier to Major League Soccer, USL, US Soccer. Go get yourself a US Women's World Cup scarf. Go get yourself a uh, US Men's scarf for the Gold Cup. Um, you know, we got we got a bunch of US Soccer going on this summer, so go get yourself a scarf. Uh, you can get it at roughneckscarves.com. That's R-U-F-F-N-E-C-K scarves.com. Um, that's all good. I got. You're getting good yeah. at it. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit better. I can't. If I could maybe not drink and read, that would also be, might be better. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do you have anything that you want to finish up and say before we, uh, sign off on episode 103? Um, I would like to say that everyone should go enjoy some soccer this weekend. Okay, you, you pulled the Sam. You pulled the Sam answer and just say, I don't know what I don't I don't know what to say. So I'm just gonna say watch soccer. I mean you might be right. Um But Sam wasn't here to say it, so, so <laughs> otherwise you know, if Sam doesn't say it, no one's gonna go watch. So very true. Okay, so you know, I'm gonna leave it off there. Uh, we missed you, Sam, this episode, but it's okay. Jason, cut your spot. Yeah.